Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another edition of Solutions Watch. I'm your host, as always, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And this is the D program where, as you know by now, week after week, we look at different ways that you can improve your life and change the world for the better. And as you know by now, that's sometimes the very big ideas. Sometimes that's the seemingly small and innocuous ideas, but ones that can be nonetheless quite helpful. And as you'll know by now, if you are a regular watcher of Solutions Watch, from time to time I like to introduce little tips, tricks, techniques, tools to improve your online efficiency. And uh, that's something that as an online researcher I know a thing or two about. So I am here today with one of those little tips for you. For example, you'll know in the past that we've covered RSS feeds, the wonder of RSS feeds, and the fact that you do not need the social media middlemen, middlemen to uh, to get access to your favorite regular content or to get the latest updates. Uh, we've looked, for example, at uh, research tools you should know about in the very recent past, looking at different things and add-ons and extensions and applications you can use uh, to improve your research efficiency. And very apropos to today's exploration, we have talked in the past about your uh, access, how to access the Library of Alexandria, where I introduced, according to the feedback I received from a lot of different viewers of that particular episode, I introduced many people, seemingly for the first time, to the fact that, yes, there are literally millions of books that are available to browse at your digital fingertips at archive.org. And so I would suggest if you have missed those episodes of Solutions Watch that you go back and look at them. Today we're going to look at a couple of other very specific resources uh, for online researchers, people who are interested in online research that uh, I find extremely useful. And I'm not here trying to hoard all of the resources for myself. I want to share them so that other people can use them so that we can discover more about what's happening in the world. So on that note, here we are once again at archive.org, uh, which is going to come in handy for today, uh, because today you're going to scroll down to Television Archive and uh, click that button, and you're going to get a television archive of various stations with hundreds of thousands of items. What on earth is this? Well, let me show you what this is. Essentially, there are, I believe, starting in 2011, I may be incorrect about that, well, actually, apparently it goes back... Oh, yeah, of course it goes back to 2001. We'll see that in a moment. But uh, back to 2009, probably the latter end of 2009, um, you have essentially the 24-7 streams of all of these different news broadcasts from MSNBC, Fox News, CNN, etc. that are searchable by caption. Now, if a tingle just went down your spine because you did not know about that resource, and now you are salivating at the chops to use it, then you, my friend, are an online researcher. If this does not phase you in any way, well, perhaps this isn't for you. <laughs> but for those who are interested in what I just said, let me demonstrate the power of this. So let's, let's search for a keyword that might be interesting in this day and age. Pandemic. Let's just search the captions of various programs for pandemic. And of course, as you would expect, I mean, it's mentioned on every news broadcast every single day of the week at this point. So of course, just going 60 minutes, August 15th, let's just search for pandemic. There you go, right, right at the beginning. And if you want, you can go click into it. You can watch the video. If we recall Gavin Newsom, he'll be replaced by a Republican governor. 
who doesn't support all of Gavin's work. And click on through because that's not particularly interesting. Someone described it as a flight from hell. He's talking about the evacuation of sick Americans after a COVID outbreak on a European cruise. It was the beginning of the pandemic. There you go. It was the beginning of the pandemic. So as you can see, you can actually literally search through the entire broadcast for various uses of that particular word. You can hone in on them. You can scroll to them. You can watch that particular bit of the broadcast. This is an incredible tool as I'm sure I don't need to elaborate for, again, anyone who has ever been interested in online research should immediately see the incredible utility of this tool. But let's just demonstrate that. For example, of course, as I say, pandemic is going to be mentioned thousands upon thousands of times in 2020 and 2021, obviously. But how about 2019? How about 2018? How about two? Can we go back for specific uses of that particular word or phrase in the past and see what people might have been talking about before the scandemic kicked out? Oh, yes, yes, we absolutely can. Let's let's look at 2019. What were people saying about pandemics in 2019? Well, of course, it was the 100th anniversary of the great Spanish flu, the influenza pandemic of the post-war influenza 1918-1919. So, of course, you have this little handy-dandy a uh, bit of real America, American history TV from C-SPAN. And again, you can go through and watch the entire thing if you want, or you can hone in on certain keywords that might maybe be of interest. Here's something that's interesting that I had not seen before literally testing this out earlier today in preparation for this particular episode. Here is a pandemic biosecurity policy summit that aired on August 27th of 2019, just a couple of months before event 201, involving some very interesting people in positions to talk about biological attacks and pandemic outbreaks. And what would happen if there was a global pandemic outbreak in this day and age? And I haven't, as I say, I've just discovered that this event even took place simply by doing this search right here today. So I haven't had time to watch this yet. But I highly suggest if there are researchers in the crowd who are interested in what may have been said about pandemic outbreaks in August of 2019, well, this might be an interesting thing to examine. And as I say, there's, I'm sure, many, many other tidbits in here. The Policy Summit Part 1, Policy Summit Part 2. You have uh, Health and Human Services Secretary Azar remarks at U.S. Global Leadership Coalition annual state leaders in which apparently she's talking about pandemic, etc. So, again, that's an example of the incredible utility of this search tool. Now, as I said earlier, uh, it, this th the captions on uh, search uh, goes back to 2009 when I believe they started capturing this information. But there was that blip in 2001. And why is that? Oh, it's because of this, which is an incredible resource called the Understanding 9-11, a television news archive. And I wanted to demonstrate, again, the incredible utility of the resource that you are looking at right here. Uh, we have broadcasts from Mexico, uh, the UK, of course, BBC, uh, Beijing, um, CBC News World, Iraq TV, uh, etc. But 
Also, of course, every major American network, including Fox, including PBS, including ABC, NBC, CBS, of course. And this is literally minute-by-minute coverage of the entire week of 9-11, starting right before the events began at 8 a.m. Eastern Time, um, going all the way through September 17th. And literally every single day, they've got all of these different news broadcasts, the 24-7 stream, um, again... Uh, searchable by uh, caption. Incredible, incredible resource. And so I just wanted to demonstrate that. For example, just something that I I found a few years ago via this resource that I found was particularly interesting. As as I say, it's interesting to go back and look for, what were they talking about pandemic, for example, in 2019, 2018, 2017? And I'm sure there are some very interesting nuggets to be dug up that way. Another interesting, interesting part with relation specifically to 9-11, as you may know, there was a lot of Pearl Harbor in the air in the months leading up to 9-11. A lot of different ways, uh, not only the spectacular uh, box office flop of Pearl Harbor, um, but uh, Rumsfeld, for example, mentioning it in his uh, uh, confirmation hearings uh, as he was being vetted to be Secretary of Defense, etc. And this was one that I found that is just so remarkable. It's just one of those remarkable sinks uh, from Fox Television, literally just 10 minutes before they started, re- actually, sorry, two minutes before they started reporting on the events of 9-11, just before the world changed. I don't think I'll be picking up that CD, but, uh, but thank you very much. Nonetheless, 8.50 now. Preparations are being made in Atlantic City for the Miss America pageant, but this year things are different. Contestants will be quizzed on current events, U.S. history, and government. Ten of the 51 contestants got a preview among the questions naming the current vice president and knowing what happened December 7, 1941. Two contestants didn't know Dick Cheney was the vice president, and four missed the bombing of Pearl Harbor by Japanese forces. Again, on the bigger scale of things, probably not the biggest bombshell, and certainly nothing definitive that would prove anything to anyone, but I find it incredibly interesting, that particular sink, that, oh yeah, literally two minutes before they start reporting on 9-11, Dick Cheney and Pearl Harbor are the answers to these questions that the were previewed for the Miss America pageant contestants. Anyway, that's just a tiny little nugget that I found of partic- personally to be particularly interesting, but on a much, much more important level, I cannot stress for researchers of 9-11 how valuable it is to have this minute-by-minute coverage of all of the news broadcasts, what they were saying, literally, minute-by-minute recorded here. Um, Just for example, I would invite you to turn to BBC News uh, at what was 4.20 to 4.30 p.m. British Standard Time, but 11.20, 11.30 a.m. New York Time. Um, which, of course, again, just after the collapse of the towers, literally still smoldering there in the wake of it. You get a little bit of Yasser Arafat, and then they bring on, oh, who is this? There may be more. The world will not be the same from today on. It's an attack uh, against our whole civilization. I don't know who is responsible. I believe we will know. Anyway, yes, it is Ehud Barak, the former Israeli prime minister, who just happened to be dropping by the BBC offices that particular afternoon, just as these events were unfolding. And hey, let's have an on-the-spot interview with the former Israeli prime minister, who 
in this interview announces the birth of the War on Terror and the outlines the contour of what that war will look like and does a pretty good job of it if you go through and watch this interview in its entirety, which I suggest you do. Again, some incredibly important nuggets are buried here. And let me stress it this way. I remember um, back a decade ago, perhaps at this point, 11, 12, 13 years ago, I remember when the caller called into the Alex Jones show to say, hey, I just dug up this clip of, uh, uh, of BBC reporting the falling of WTC7 just before it actually happened. Uh, there was a reporter talking about the fall of WTC7, but it actually hadn't happened yet. Um, and this this person called in and, and announced that, and then it was they, they dug it up, and oh my god, here it is. She's talking about it, even as it's standing there in the background behind her. Um, well, that is uh, memorialized here, and I won't. I don't have the exact moment of that clip dug up for you at this particular moment, but anyway, it is in this uh, this footage that is available again in this archive, this incredible archive. And that's one example of something that was not known in the 9-11 truth community until years, literally years after the fact that someone dug up that particular clip and then people realized, oh, it wasn't just BBC. There were other stations that were reporting uh, WTC7 to have fallen before it actually fell. It's literally standing behind them and they're talking about it having fallen. And of course, one of the reporters on one of the stations um, says, well, I'm getting the report that it fell, but I could see it behind me. Uh, Jane Stanley for the BBC didn't seem to know what the Solomon Brothers building was, so she didn't recognize that it was still standing behind her. So anyway, uh, I, I think this is an incredible resource archive that I would suggest that people explore. I'm going to put it out there that there is, there absolutely is, an undiscovered material in here that uh, is absolutely worth digging into, that probably no one has ever dug up before regarding 9-11, somewhere in here. And if I had a month off to literally do nothing but watch through the entire week of 9-11 broadcasts on every single news channel, I would do so, and I'm sure I would be able to dig up some gems. Unfortunately, I don't have that luxury, but many hands make light work, and in the interest of open-source intelligence gathering, I would suggest that if there are people in the audience who are similarly motivated to find some 9-11 gems that are hidden in this debris pile of footage, I would suggest that, uh, that people take... Uh, I'll watch BBC for, you know, the day of 9-11 or whatever it is and go through and see if you can find and identify any gems that may have been lost to time because no one has dug them up yet. I, I'm telling you, there's going to be something in this archive that will be worth looking at. So those are a couple of incredible resources right there. Um, again, for researchers in the crowd, I do not need to elaborate on the incredible importance of these tools, but... Um, for people who have never even thought about this, uh, at the very least, if you're interested in a subject, here are a couple of ways that it can be, this resource can be utilized. Um, even just by searching the captions, for example, in the TV news archive and digging th things up. Um, one other thing that I'll point to is that from the uh, Television Archive homepage, televisionarchive.org, they also have resources about various TV news archives, the CNN World Report Archive, footage.net, Library of Congress, etc. And all of these are links to various organizations and other places where you can go for more um, clips and footage from various broadcasts um, that are collected in various forms. 
and either available online or available through um, loan access, etc. There's different systems in different places or thing, other places where you can purchase broadcasts, etc. So anyway, again, I, I think this is this speaks for itself for researchers in the crowd who are interested in these types of resources. I hope you will look into this and hopefully, as I say, discover some gems. Um, get at it, guys. Um, and of course, as always, if you happen to know other resources along these particular lines, please do leave them in the comments and uh, hopefully other people will be able to explore them and as I say, the open source intelligence of everyone working together will be able to dig up things that no one individual would be able to find all by his or her lonesome. On that note, I'm going to leave it there for today. I hope that this is useful for you as it is useful for me for a certain project that I'm working on feverishly behind the scenes right now that I will leave to your imagination. On that note, we'll leave it there. James Corbett, CorbettReport.com.